to Jagar. It's this week's episode of Discuss All Monsters. I'm Wyatt, your friendly robot companion, and who is here with me today? Uh, I'm Nikki. I, uh, I invented Wyatt in a lab, uh, <laughs> and and uh, uh, so just so we could host this podcast for me so I don't have to. Uh, and we have a special guest here with us today. Uh, uh, yes, hello. Uh, my name is uh, Alex Horeb. Uh, I yes, like Godzilla. Alex, Alex. <laughs> I like monsters. So I, wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to talk about them. Absolutely, Alex. Thank you for coming on. Uh, you're a writer for Infinity Train, the Cartoon Network show. Yes. Well, I guess it's more accurate to say at this time I was a writer on Infinity Train. We're not that making any true. more episodes. <laughs> but yes, I was. That a, is true. Uh, I was a writer uh, for all of Infinity Train, and uh, you know, I had done some freelance recently on products uh, that I currently cannot discuss because of. Uh, you know, and NDAs, but yes, most people would know me from Infinity Train. Yes, yeah, so Infinity Train is definitely, and I'm not just saying this because you're on here, but it, you know, it was one of my favorite things that Cartoon Network has ever done. Uh, I remember when the first book came out, it really blew my mind, just being like, my God, I can't believe they're able to do this uh, in a Cartoon Network show. Uh, and I I looked it up. I saw some of the episodes that you had you had written, including the unfinished car, which is an excellent episode. Uh, I want to ask a few questions about Infinity Train. I won't keep you here too long because I know people are here for Godzilla. Okay, but I, I just have a few things that nothing spoilery. It's literally just nerdy production crap. Okay, I'll, so, I'll see what I can answer. Uh, just know that uh, you know I'm only one. Very small cog yeah. in a whole bunch of stuff. Of course. And, and it is all, don't worry, all the questions that I have are tailored for you. So I, I wanted to know, since you are, you are a writer, now I did recently uh, doing slash did a video on My Jew Partners a Monkey, and there I learned that uh, that show employed a method where both of the boarders and the writers work together. Uh, I was curious if this show was something similar or if it was just purely script-driven. Uh, so the way that it would work is uh, primarily it was a script-driven show. So I would say okay. uh, when listening to the dialogue, about 98% of it was in a script approved beforehand. Um, mm -hmm. The borders still have a lot of influence in the sense of how characters emote, how they're framed... So they're just as much as part of the storytelling. But in terms of like the actual of dialogue, uh, that was pretty much entirely written in the script. There was a couple of boarders uh, who would maybe throw in a joke or two um, that was not necessarily in the script. Sometimes those stayed in, sometimes uh, they didn't. Mm. Uh, but it was primarily a script-driven uh, show. And then occasionally things got shortened, uh, like um, when we would see it boarded, where it was like, oh, okay, the joke seemed funny when it was written out, or this seemed emotional when it was written out, but now that we see it with the pictures, it doesn't quite work, so we'll cut it right. here. Uh, or, you know, when it gets to the um, editing phase, when it's like, hey, we're at 12 minutes, we need to get this thing down to 11. As much as we like this line, it's got to be shortened. So things got tailored yeah. periodically, but it was primarily just a script-driven show. Alright, yeah, I, I feel that makes a lot of sense. I was wondering because it's kind of a production child uh, after... Um, 
close enough and regular show are kind of dovetailed into that so and those are more board driven as far as i'm aware yeah uh, i don't uh, i can't so answer I, that much for close enough but regular show was yeah. a board driven uh we primarily did script driven i believe uh and i you know i didn't have it it was decided to be script driven before i was ever hired for it of course but i believe yeah. the intention was um because we had so many things that were being set up across episodes it was easier to keep track of if you just had the writers keep track of it and that actually yes. happened uh, a couple times in uh, episodes where a board artist would add a joke and the joke was really funny and we really liked the joke but the joke couldn't happen because if that joke was said it would have certain implications that would affect how that yeah. character was interpreted <laughs> three episodes down the line now the board artist had no idea that's funny. it's not the, you know their fault you know it was a funny joke but that's sort of why it was kept script driven in the sense of it was just easier for us to keep track of those sort of things with the style that we were writing you can also do board driven that shows that have a lot of cool yeah. lore stuff it's just uh that was the way that we mm-hmm. kept track of things it was a lot easier for just a handful of people to keep track of all this stuff as opposed to having every board artist have to keep track of every piece of thing that needs to connect to other episodes for sure now when you say being a writer do you does that mean that you get the outline and then you interpret the outline like you expand it into a script or uh do you write to the outline and then somebody else is the one who interprets that into a script though i guess it wouldn't necessarily be the case because it's not board driven but whatever you know so are you the one writing the outline or the script uh all of it uh with the way that it worked oh, okay. at least on our show is so we got together with the writers uh and with maddie and owen and we came up with the general arc for whatever the season was going to be. Uh, then we broke it up into the episodes, and then we would then mm-hmm. write the premises to the episode. The premise was just like a one-page summary of what the episode was going to be. That went to executives. They looked it over, sent back to us if they had any notes. Okay, now that premise goes to the outline. The outline got blown out to about three to four pages, uh, just giving more detail, things like that, but no dialogue. Sent to the executives. They approved that, sent back to us, and uh, we mm-hmm. then scripted it out. And then uh, with the scripting, it would go through probably three or four passes uh, where we would sit in the group of writers uh, reading it together and then giving notes on everyone's script. So it went through a couple different phases. Uh, For board-driven shows, typically the writers would do the premises, the outlines, and then they would hand the outlines to the board artist. And then the board artist then writes the dialogue using that. So we just had an extra step between that where we also write the script. Uh, There's advantages and disadvantages to each of them. There's no right way to make a cartoon. It just certain things right. uh, you know help with certain things and certain things hurt with other things uh, but yeah that's how that's the general process of ours okay i got one more question and this is a very this may be a very hard question to answer but i'm gonna ask it anyway and that is uh, as a writer for the show the show has many different characters and different perspectives was there a specific character you really latched onto, or like felt a lot you felt really good writing for a specific character. Was there anybody like that? Yeah, well, there's... Um, in terms of, uh, like, fun to write for, uh, the cat was always very, very fun to write for. Ah, yep. Uh, because the cat, you know, gets to be a con artist. The cat gets to be flirty, mm-hmm. and the cat gets to be fun. Like, you know, it's just there's a lot of... Like, the cat is always a fun character to write for. Everyone likes writing for the cat. Uh, yeah, Randall. I think I, uh, for me personally, <laughs> I think I attached a certain. Uh, um, I, I I was the one who really sort of pushed for uh, 
a little bit more of like a failed businessman as opposed to just uh-huh. uh, someone who was not very smart. Like I, I thought it was more interesting to get him of like the ultimate optimist and Mark at the same time, but you also can't hurt him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, like relating to, I felt, uh, I, I think I probably related to Mingi in book four the most, mm. um, which I don't know if yeah. people would necessarily say that um, when they know me, but that's just, uh, I feel like his struggles were something that I, I related to closer. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, the, book four, you know, I think Ryan and Mingi are probably my favorite protagonists of the four books, though I really do love Jesse, uh, even if he's not the main protagonist, just because he's He's just such a weird, pure goofball, uh, and he has—he does have his like dark side, but it's not quite as like soul-crushingly depressing or existential as some of the other characters' dark sides. Uh, I, so, with Jesse, uh, I think I, one of my favorite things to write for—and and Jesse had personal experiences of mine. Um, we, I, I go over mm-hmm. in uh, some of the um, commentary tracks. But he was a swimmer yeah. because I was a swimmer, uh, and uh, the story of him eating celery was that was a story that really happened to me. I was forced to eat right. celery. Uh, but <laughs> one of my favorite things with Jesse was to have him. Be, we, we introduced him as you know very fun loving, goofy, silly, sweet, and then when you uh-huh. see the video of the backstory, that's what makes it even more hurtful. And I think that that's interesting in the way of how we interact with people, in the sense that you yeah. have a very specific frame of someone that you know it starts from when you meet them and it's tailored to what you see and you don't see the whole picture and it's not possible it's not necessarily insidious it's not that anyone's masking anything it's Mm -hmm. just you see a very specific window and so when you have a character like that that's introduced in a certain way and then you see this other part of them it just it 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 makes it uncomfortable in an interesting way. And that's what we try to do with a Absolutely. lot of the characters is that it forces you to see these characters from multiple different directions. Uh, and I, I just, I think that's, that's, that's fun and it makes you more invested. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was very, you know, not to spoil too much just because Nikki here has not seen the series. Yeah. Sorry. And I'm not sure if anybody, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure if uh, anybody listening wants to be spoiled, of course, but I'll just say this. I think it's very interesting that book three uh, is about those types of people and is making you feel an intense amount of empathy for what is essentially a sociopathic cult leader, uh, as we are, as we know them going into the book. What the, anyway, but without the spoilers, yes. the same sort of thing. Yes, uh, we were. I'm glad you picked up on that. That that was a goal of it. Is we wanted to live in that uncomfortable. Uh, a lot yes. of times, there's the the good guy character, there's the bad guy character, and then there's the quote unquote morally great character. But a lot of morally great characters aren't that morally great. They usually really try to push it one way or the other or there's certain framings yeah and what we were trying to do is really make people live in the uncomfortable we wanted people to be uncomfortable with dealing with these topics um yeah so i'm, I'm glad you, uh, that's that's lovely to hear i really like that i'm glad that uh you know that kids can watch the show and they can feel that that same unease and uncomfortableness uh that us adults adult fans can feel but that's enough Infinity Train Talk, because we are here to talk about a very specific Godzilla movie. Uh, it is Godzilla vs. Megalon, also known as Godzilla vs. the Megalon Brothers, the Undersea <laughs> Kingdom's Annihilation Strategy. Uh, 
Insect Monster Megalon versus Godzilla. Gorgo and Superman meet in Tokyo. Yo. The Spanish title. <laughs> Yo. Planet- <laughs> Planetary Titans, the Mexico title. Ooh. Godzilla Godzilla 1980 for the French Belgium title. Uh you know, a couple years off, but sure. <laughs> uh King Kong King Kong Demons from Outer Space. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my That's god. That's the Germany title. Alright, alright, alright. I'm rolling my Yahtzee <laughs> dice. Alright, I'm rolling my Yahtzee dice. No whammies, no whammies. Give me a Frankenstein title. Come on. <laughs> At the Borders of Reality, which is kind of a, a weirdly non-specific title, that's but a, I kind of like it's it. It's almost yeah, beautiful. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Italian title. Uh, Superman in Space is the Israeli title. What are we doing with Superman? Oh, oh I guess Jet Jaguar. Yeah. Okay, duh. Yeah, That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> I was just like, what? I, I, I was like, really like, where are they getting this? <laughs> Monsters from other spaces right. from Brazil. All right. <laughs> and then the flying Superman in Greece. Oh, so man. yeah, they go they go a lot of them go into the whole Superman thing uh, for yeah. some reason with Jet Jaguar. But yes, we're we're talking about Godzilla vs. Beglan and this is an interesting movie for a lot of reasons. One, it's it's probably one of the more well-known ones outside of uh, Godzilla fandom because it was in a Mystery Science Theater episode. Yeah. Uh, and it's also kind of the beginning of the end for the Showa era. It's it's uh, You could say that the final three movies are of a similar piece. And uh, even though this one is very connected to Versus God again, and we will talk about that in the history... <laughs> Uh, this one is it's also very similar to the going on the movies that are to come and it's also this weird like middle point of everything going on in the 70s it's just a very interesting movie overall so Alex before we uh, talk about uh, our specific opinions uh, on this movie or just general thoughts I want to know you said that you're a fan of Godzilla yes how did you get your start as a fan of Godzilla? What introduced you to the big, big ol' Goji himself? Well, I, in sort of like a personal way, so I'm I'm a few years older than each of you, I think. Yeah. Yes. And I, growing up, you know, we had, I think, 64 channels when we had the extended cable. That was the number of channels, which is, you know, that's still mm-hmm. quite a lot, but not compared to what you have yeah. now. <laughs> And so uh, there's also time periods that were dedicated to just local access. So I grew up in North Dakota. And so uh, there's the local access channels, but then there's also just like portions of TV channels, specifically during the weekends, uh, were dedicated to just local showings. And local stuff doesn't always, you can't make a lot of stuff, so they you have to import a lot of stuff. That's where syndication comes from, and that's where a lot of movies get shown. And so they would show these Godzilla movies uh, you know, during Sunday afternoons. Um, and, you know, as a kid mm-hmm. uh, in the early 90s, Godzilla is one of those things where you almost don't know when you learn about him because he, he's always existed. Like, when did you first learn about Superman? Well, he just... he Absolutely. He always existed in Superman. And Godzilla was that same... So you always hear about it. And then when you see it on TV, it's like, oh, there's the thing that I've heard of. Now, I don't know for sure if this was the case. I... I I, I tried to look up records to see if it was there or not. 
but there was a local horror host in, in Fargo, North Dakota called Mad Frank. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was a ghoul, and he, he had, like, white makeup, mm. and he wore a cape, and he made, you know, horror puns, and he lived at top of the Fargo Theater. And okay. he would host cheap uh, movies that they could air uh, either, like, Saturday nights, or for some reason I remember seeing one Sunday afternoons. Um, mm. And I, 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 I tried desperately. It's very hard to find records of this because it's like a local thing if you ever showed a Godzilla yeah. movie. But it really feels like that's probably where I saw it at a young age. But in terms of yeah. me becoming a fan of Godzilla, uh, I probably became the most acquainted with it uh, from Monster Vision. Now, I don't, do either of you have memories of Monster Vision? I don't have any memories, but I know of it because of other people... Uh, that are, you know, I know of it just out of a historical angle, but, like, I looked it up. Monster Vision began, I think, maybe, like, a month or two before I was born. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have any personal history with it either now. Okay, so what Monster yeah. Vision was is it was basic. Uh, TNT would do these collections of movies. Mm, uh, TNT, and okay. T TNT actually had a lot of really cool programming mm. blocks. It was 100% weird. Uh, for anyone listening, I also love programming blocks. It's <laughs> I, I, I love it. Um, of course, but so uh, TNT used to play a bunch of Three Stooges. I don't know why I like suddenly remember that, but like I remember having mm. a bunch of like VHS VHS tapes of like recorded TNT blocks of Three Stooges growing up. Excellent. So, <laughs> mm. Maybe yeah. we should be a Three Stooges podcast. Oh, dude, mm. we got to find a third Stooge. <laughs> if, if you That's true. if you if you do a Stooge, I could also talk about Three Stooges. <laughs> all right, all right. Let, okay, we got our third Stooge right here. Let's, let's get down to it. As long as I can be the Shemp. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yes. with Monster Vision, there's was, there was three unique eras. So there was the early one, uh, which I, I think was hosted That's by sweet. Penn & Teller. That was a little bit before my time. Uh, but then the uh. two versions that I remember, the, the one that's probably most well-known is the Joe Bob Briggs one, which is the last mm -hmm. third of it, which was hosted by Joe Bob Briggs. He would host these, um, you know, you'd usually find things that were in the, like, sequels or things like that, and he would talk about it and he'd discuss it. But in the middle section, they would just do themes of just, like, you know, this Saturday on Monster Vision, it came from outer space. And then they would just have a bunch of, like, yeah. space movies. And usually these were just cheaper movies that they could buy. Uh, it was like Moonster Vision, things based on the moon or vampires, <laughs> and they do like themes, and it was just like a voiceover. Uh, but it sort of made you feel homey. But there was like 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 you're at home, uh, mm -hmm. just watching things with your friends. And a number of times they would do Godzilla thons, where they would air three Godzilla movies in a row. And I have very very fond memories of checking the paper at the beginning of the week because that's what we had to do. The internet existed, but of it was course. not very yeah. accessible. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you, know, you didn't have direct TV or anything to go forward, so you just had the preview channel, which could only show you the next two hours, so you have to check the actual newspaper for it, and I'd see Monster Vision, and then there'd be a Godzilla-thon, and so I would get my uh, snacks, I'd get my Dr. Pepper, uh, usually like a bowl of ice cream, and mm. I would just, I would bask in the glow of, of these monster movies. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because Godzilla is a movie franchise. And, you know, when there's new Godzilla movies, I go to the theaters, I can't wait to see it. Destruction, big screen, it's great. In my heart, Godzilla I associate with TV. I associate mm. it with either Saturday nights, late at night, just the glow, maybe my whole family's asleep because these, you know, marathons would start at like 8 and they'd go to like 2 in the morning 
Um, yeah. So I associated just being alone in the glow on TV or on like really lazy Sunday afternoons when the local TV station didn't have anything else to put on. And at this time, especially the certain era of Godzilla movies didn't get a lot of respect. So they were sold pretty cheap uh, for syndication rights. Yeah. So even though it's a movie franchise, I associate it really heavily with, with TV. And I don't know if that's necessarily fair to it, but that's, that's how I, that's what I feel about. It. I feel like it is a staple of a certain type of television and it's a certain type of television that I really like. For sure. I mean, I, I associate it with, like, VHS tapes that I would get. Because uh, I've talked about it a million times on the podcast, so other people have heard this, but you haven't, Alex. Uh, because you're on here for the first time. Yeah, lay it on me. Uh, but, <laughs> but there's a thrift store uh, right down the street. Uh, and as a kid, I would used to go there every single weekend that I could. I would gather my measly allowance... And uh, whatever money I had saved from not buying lunches at school. Uh, <laughs> and then I would, <laughs> and I would go and I would buy for, it was $2 per VHS tape. I would go and buy these Godzilla tapes. Uh, and that's how I really got into the series. It, it began with seeing on, I believe it was TNT, uh, Godzilla vs. Adora, And I talked about that in that episode. That Whoa, that, that was your has, first like, one? Very, Yes, that was my first one, and that one le- it left a huge impression on me because it was it would so... have to. <laughs> yeah, it, it was so bizarre. As a kid, I couldn't comprehend uh, the plot at all, but I was able to like glean the like, oh my god, <laughs> and then like the madness that ensued towards the end. Um, but uh, one of the other most memorable ones is the Megalon one because I used to watch Mystery Science Theater all the time all the way back in the good old days of LimeWire where I would would download old episodes of Mystery Science Theater and uh, a lot of the more popular ones that would pop up were um, the Godzilla ones or the Gamera ones so I really only have, yeah. In, I've only seen the Mystery Science Theater versions of the Gamera movies. Uh, so eventually we're going to have to rectify that uh, and, uh, and uh, dig into the Gamera series. Maybe yeah. after we're done with the Showa era. <laughs> yeah. oh. Eventually, uh, eventually hmm. it's probably coming pretty soon. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe two yeah. or three episodes have, from now. <laughs> have you seen the later uh, Gamera movies? The, oh. Uh, we're both like completely fresh to this. Like I yeah, think, yeah. 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 Oh, like, to, to Gamera, Godzilla. Yeah. You oh, know, go- yeah, I've yeah. Godzilla, the, were longtime fans, but Gamera is is, is uh, pr- pretty fresh. Yeah. The uh, yeah, blind spot. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, so I'll forgive uh, pronunciation. But the uh, the the H E I S E I. Heisei. The the Heisei trilogy is of of Gamera is one of the best monster trilogies of all time. It's yeah, <laughs> it's it's incredible. That. It, yeah, lose your mind. It's it's so good. All right, so so the streak has definitely continued because I think every single <laughs> guest we've had has told us that, that like we yeah. have to watch those. So yeah, I um, <laughs> when I when I first sent the email to Toby to uh, to ask if he wanted to be on the header episode, he he put an addendum of like. I would love to, and I would also like to be on the a Gamera movie, like the Heisei Gamera trilogy. Put me on one of those ones. So I'm like, okay, I guess, cool. We got two. We got a book for two episodes. Yeah, oh, right. wonderful. They, I, uh, but, they're they're excellent. But I don't want Gamera to yeah. upstage uh, 
you know, of course, our headliners yeah, yeah. today. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so with Megalon, I've only, I've, I for a long time only associated with the Mystery Science Theater episode, and then later on when I was buying it on VHS in like 2007, 2008, uh, I had almost all of the show movies and was watching them all and being like, yeah. I had ones that I disliked that I like now, and I had ones that I liked then that I dislike now. Uh, so it's been an interesting thing going through this. Uh, so I think, I don't know, I think now is a good time, <laughs> as any, to get into our general thoughts on the movie before we get into the history. So, Nikki, why don't you start us off? Oh, yeah. How do you feel about Godzilla vs. Megalon in a general sense? Um, huh. I I like this one. I'm not, like, crazy about it, and that's a little bit, uh, disappointing to me, just because, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of, of, uh, brightly colored, Jun oh, Jun Fukuda, and also brightly colored, very simple design superheroes and stuff, so, like, I mm-hmm. love Jet Jaguar so much, and, and I think he's a highlight of this movie, he's kind of the whole movie, but, um, <laughs> um, there is a certain sequence, though, that I want to point out when we get to it that is, like, that actually was, like, jaw-dropping. I was like, you're kidding me yeah. <laughs> with this. Yeah. And so, but, like, uh, I, think, I think we're all in agreement on there. And so, but, because uh, 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 I think we might be thinking of the same thing. But, uh, uh, but generally, uh, you know, um, I feel like it's, I think, I think this and Gigan, uh are kind of uh, two of a pair. I feel like Gigan is a is a bit more uh, 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 stylish and appealing in certain like kind of more character driven ways and stuff, and mm-hmm. this one has some stuff going for it too for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's not it's not exactly my favorite, but but I also like I don't hate it or anything. There's nothing that really sticks out as like oh that was just horrendous or anything. Like yeah. it's uh, uh, it, it it is funny to me like th- that this has like uh, uh, I guess like. By virtue of the mystery th- science theater connection and kind of what people do with like Castlevania Two and like Angry Video Game Nerd, where people like Castlevania Two was not actually that bad of a game, but because the the nerd reviewed it and stuff, everyone's like, oh, like that game is just shitty and stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a similar connotation with this one in Mystery Science Theater, and I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's bad or horrible or anything. Uh, or even yeah. more laughable than other Godzilla movies, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, I, I'm I'm kind of like in, in the middle here, and so I feel like talking about these warms me up or like kind of gets me to rethink certain things we'll though up, sometimes. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes by the end, and I'll, I'll we'll revisit this <laughs> like we always yeah, do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, one of you guys, Alex, go ahead. Okay. What, what are your general thoughts on this movie before we get started? Uh, so you had sent me the message of uh, saying, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? I was like, yeah, of course I want to talk about Godzilla. And then, uh, I, I don't know if you gave me a couple options, uh, or if it was just this one was the one that was coming up, but when I found out it was Godzilla versus Megalon, I was actually very pleased. Uh, yeah. Because I it objectively has problems. It has a lot of reused footage. It has a lot of very <laughs> obvious cuts where things are sort of taped together. It has a lot of Mm-hmm. just absolutely jarring plot changes but despite yeah. all of that I have an affection for this movie mm-hmm. and I think it's because Godzilla has existed for so long 
across so many different decades to so many people, and it means so many different things. Godzilla is the absolute terror that destroys cities. This this god among men that's just brings his wrath down, and Godzilla mm-hmm. is a silly dad teaching his son how to roar. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes one of the best movies. Sometimes Godzilla is this giant force that just parts oceans. And sometimes Godzilla does like tag team wrestling motions with his hands to let his part. <laughs> and I, I think that it is wrong to put Godzilla in just one of two boxes to be like, oh, this is the real yeah. Godzilla. And to me, this is emphatically a flag waving. This is one of the silly fun ones. Don't overthink it. Uh, and I, I, I and like it was stated earlier, uh, you know, Jet Jaguar is the highlight of that. Jet Jaguar is one of the most unusual characters, but it, yep. it helps give this movie its identity. It's it's absolutely you, even though it's called Godzilla versus Megalon. If you say that, people are like, man, which one's that? And you're like, oh, it's only Jet Jaguar. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. And nobody's yeah, like, yeah. oh fuck yeah, Megalon. I do like nobody Megalon. has ever. <laughs> I like Megalon. Yeah, yeah. I'll stand up for Megalon. But Jet Jaguar is obviously the flashier thing that people rip. Like you do remember it. And I, I also think it does another good thing in that I think that with Godzilla movies, especially when I was younger, it's like, I want to see the monsters fighting. I want to see the buildings being torn down. But they don't necessarily have the budget to do that for like an hour and a half. So you have to fill it with other stuff. Mm-hmm. And the the lower end monster movies have it where it's just a lot of boring humans talking. And especially as a kid, I'm yeah. just like, boo, I don't care. Get out of here. But the <laughs> ones that are smarter, I think, are the ones that add the extra either supernatural or sci-fi element to it. So it's just like, yeah. oh, Mothra's really cool, but also here's these tiny little twins that summon her. Cool, there's extra stuff there. Ooh, uh, you know, King Ghidra and the battle, that's great. Also, there's time travel. Yeah! <laughs> and with this one, it's like, yeah. oh, there's also this <laughs> this hidden country of people that live under the surface, and they also talk <laughs> with the aliens. And I go, yeah, thank you for giving me stuff to watch when the monsters aren't fighting. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, could have used more monster fighting, um, but it, still, it, they gave me stuff to watch when they weren't. Yeah, and 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 Hedera is edited like a complete uh, by a complete psychopath. So like that's just completely <laughs> oh, yeah. entertaining to watch. <laughs> yeah. It, so like, here's the thing with, uh, and we've talked about this throughout the entire history of our podcast, but uh, with Godzilla, I think it's pretty fascinating how often including myself, Mm -hmm. uh, go into these movies with the, like, notion of, oh, the monster parts are the best and the human stuff is just the bitter pill you have to swallow to get to the monster stuff. Whereas the best movies have consistently been ones that are able to marry the two elements. Exactly. Whereas in Gigan is a good movie, but the human element is so good, and then you're like, why are these fucking monsters here? Get, <laughs> go! Like, that's the only movie where we've been like, no, this fighting is boring. We don't want to... Like, we liked the plot with the Space Hunter, Nebula, M, aliens, yeah, and whatever. The really like, weird all manga. All that was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the weird, uh, um, like, slapdash espionage with these quirky characters and everything. Like, that was fascinating. Uh, and then, but I would say one of the best movies, uh, barring the original and some of the other earlier ones, is uh, Son of Godzilla. Because I think that one does an excellent job at not only giving you a compelling cast of characters with an interesting sci-fi story of like this weather machine on this planet 
or on this uh, island that causes these bugs to grow. Uh, but it also has like an interesting emotional story arc involving Godzilla rearing a child, which sounds insane, but they're able to pull it off in such a beautiful way, genuinely, that it just like warms my heart every time I watch that the ending. Movie. That ending yeah, is so good. En- the ending is so good. Whereas this one, I feel like it's on that. It's like it and Gigan are part of a piece. In the very specific way, where it's almost like has all the opposite of Gigan's problems, where like the monster fighting and Jet Jaguar and all that stuff, that's the only interesting stuff. And then like the three human characters, they're cool, they're not like terrible, but they don't have like defined personalities or really anything interesting to do. Uh, it, it just comes off as like. You know, that it really is the bitter pill you have to swallow in order to get to the, like, fun wrestler match that goes down. And that stuff is great. But I feel like I agree with Nikki where this is definitely not a bad movie. Uh, I think it's definitely overhated by a lot of fans. Or, like, um, maybe not overhated, but I think that its reputation as a bad movie, quotes on Mystery Science Theater, kind of precedes it and yeah, it's easy to, uh, they dismiss it. the, it's 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 dismissed yeah, and not it's, given it's dismissed. Uh, thought yeah it's thrown under the bus and all of that stuff uh but i think that it has interesting things to bring to the table but it is definitely a severely flawed movie for very specific reasons so why don't we get into some of those reasons <laughs> as i talk about the history so, back in our versus Gigan episode, I talked about how that movie went through many iterations before becoming what it was. One such in- iteration involved the star of this week's episode, Megalon. The subterranean Beetle Man was initially paired with the also newcomer Gigan before he was axed in place of the more reliably cool and marketable Ghidorah. Though, it could be said a certain other monster really took the spotlight in this movie, or rather a certain machine, but we're getting ahead of ourselves here. While the initial plot of the quote-unquote solo Megalon movie involved two Megalon brothers fighting against Goji, that idea was scrapped in place of what the 70s Godzilla movies had become known for, recycling old monsters and stock footage. So... Let me break this all down. So, in a brain-bendingly meta-recursive gesture, Gigan and Megalon were paired with each other in a previous movie. Then Megalon was replaced with a different, older monster. Then there was a movie about Megalon and Megalon paired with each other. And then Megalon was replaced with a different, older monster, only this time, that monster was the one he was originally paired with <laughs> in the previous movie. <laughs> Don't you love Showa-era kaiju films? Ah. Uh, Megalon himself is a strange entity, dating all the way back to All Monsters Attack, a.k.a. Godzilla's Revenge, as a possible design for the monster in that movie, Gabara. Eventually, though, his tumultuous life be. His tumultuous life behind the scenes, he was changed from a mole cricket monster to a kabutomushi due to the popularity of that specific bug with children. The film was both in development hell and rushed out the door. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) It was being developed since even before the previous movie in some form or another. But the second the screenplay was finished, the whole thing went so fast that all of the filming for the movie was finished in three weeks. Jesus. (laughs) Which sounds impossible. (laughs) Like, does that sound physically possible? But hey, man... I guess crunch time in the 70s in Japan made it work. Jun Fukuda is the real Superman. He's the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perhaps equally lending itself to the slapdash nature of this film was a contest that would end up eclipsing any of this Megalon business and one that had begun all the way back in 1971. The contest was held by Toho, Subaraya, as well as the Walmart subsidiary Seiyu. Huh? To, de- <laughs> to design a kaiju, which later was revealed to be for an upcoming Godzilla movie, i.e. this one. The winner, Masaaki Sano, created what can only be described as a tutti-frutti gargoyle of some sort, which evidently does look sick as hell. Its name? Red Alone. Once Toho had their hands on this winner, they immediately started making numerous changes to the child's beautiful creation basically only keeping a few design elements here and there and changing it from a monster to a robot in order to cash in on the explosively popular super robot genre that had perked up in 1972 with Mazinger Z. Two different zeitgeistingly powerful entities were then chosen to comprise the body of Red Alone. Mazinger Z, of course, and Ultraman. Red Alone would get his name changed along the way to Jet Alone, a name that may be familiar to some fans listening to it for some other thing that we are not going to talk about today. (laughs) (laughs) At last, the goofy Play-Doh robot would be known as Jet Jaguar. Ah. The film, like many of Jun Fukuda's films, was generally disliked by Western fans for many years, Most notably, it made an appearance on an excellent episode of Mystery Science Theater, which was the second episode of Mystery Science Theater I had ever watched. The first one was Teenage Werewolf. However, it has since become kind of a cult favorite or maybe a sort of ironic meme movie among Godzilla fans, and people seem to really love things like Jet Jaguar. It's now one of the quintessential camp Godzilla movies. That being said, we are nothing if not huge contrarians here on this podcast. <laughs> so the real question is, will Papa Fakuda still deliver the sauce, or will we turn our backs on him and once again leave this film buried underground along with the Cetopians? So, Nikki, start us off with a discussion of this film. Well, first off, I just I just want to say, uh, going back to, to uh, uh, a way earlier segment about the names... Uh, still really disappointed there wasn't a Frankenstein one because I feel like it's so easy to be like steal. That's true. <laughs> it's, I feel like it's so easy to be like steal Frankenstein versus Satan or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, like yeah. there's always this... like just for background, Alex and stuff. Like, there's always a German or Belgium title or something that like says Frankenstein in some regard in some of these movies. Yeah. And there and it, it's mostly nonsensical. And this is like one of the most <laughs> Frankenstein movies. Oh, yeah, they used Frankenstein uh, for everything, in the same way that uh, Italian movies used uh, Django, even though Django was, you know, it just, here's a name that people recognize with the movie, and it's just like, oh, they just used it for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, but but, so, but everyone wants Superman. Okay, I, I see how it is. But yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I want to be want to clarify that the German title was the one that was about King Kong. Oh, God. So. Okay. You know what? And King Kong does have a weird alliance, like like a weird uh, connotation with Frankenstein in this show. So yeah. you know what? Yep. Half credit. Half credit. <laughs> half credit Germany. Anyway, um, so yeah, this uh this movie uh this movie gets started pretty fucking quick. Uh, because <laughs> um, yep. we, we we immediately get uh, Monster Islands. They already bring us the goodies and stuff. <laughs> oh <laughs> we, yeah, we, you see all those good yeah, monsters. Yeah. We get to see the new Godzilla suits. Yes, right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about how do you feel about the uh, Megalo Goji as he's known? Suits. Oh no, man! I, I I love all these Showa suits. I really love the the big uh-huh. anime eye ones. Like I'm yeah. I'm just a big fan. <laughs> I just love them all. <laughs> I was gonna. It's say, very weirdly cute. I, yeah, I noticed on. immediately on, when when I saw this Godzilla is there's a couple things. I was like, one, he's looking real trim. He's mm-hmm. looking real mm-hmm. svelte. He's looking like he's he's much tinier, and he's got yeah. big uh, like puppy dog like eyes. This is one of the cutest Godzillas. And it's yeah, also sure. one of the most human Godzillas. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Different Godzillas, you can see how how human the actors are, and like in terms of how the actor moves and how the suit fits. This one is always very like the motions are so human, and there's so much thought behind everything that Godzilla does. Yeah, uh, this is not a very animalistic Godzilla. This is a Godzilla who is a father, he pays taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Godzilla yeah. with like thoughts and dreams and feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- this is a God. It's Homer Simpson. Yeah. This is a Godzilla with this is a Godzilla with shit to do after the movie's done. Like he's got he's got dinner later. You know he's he's got to go to I- he's got to go yeah. meet like Angerus at IHOP or something. Uh, uh, well, okay. I said Homer. I should I should specify instead of Homer. Season Earl one Sinclair. Homer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Season one. Yes, he wants some frosty chocolate milk. Uh, but. Hey guys, you know what's better than video games and beer? Cat videos? B. Arthur? Incorrect! Nothing! The answer is absolutely nothing! All right, all right. You know, actually, I do think you're right. Agreed. We're here at the Dogcast. We podcast about video games and beer. And beer and video games! Available weekly on the Greenlit Podcast Network. B. Arthur? Yes. Video Death Loop is a podcast where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. You can jump in on any episode, no need to worry about continuity. Check out Video Death Loop on the Greenlit Podcast Network with new episodes every Friday. So 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 the, um, so is Ghidorah like the? Oh God! Okay, see see I'm showing my ass is like 
not being a big Simpsons, like, I, I don't know much about The Simpsons, but there's that one really dark episode of The Simpsons about uh, about someone that absolutely hates Homer. It's like Homer's enemy. Grimes? Frank Grimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is, is Ghidorah Frank Grimes in, in this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's to Frank Grimes. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Getting owned by, by Minya is like the most cruel fate and stuff. Anyway. Yeah, that is true. Um... So, so yeah, we, we, we start out with that, with, with, with there's like a big earthquake that happens, uh, and uh, 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 then we also cut over after the title card, which is very simple, very, very cut and dry title card here uh, this time, and uh, uh, cut over to uh, this kid just having, the, just, just riding on the most unbelievable, like, like, water <laughs> vehicle um, uh -huh, I don't so know. Cool. Is it, no, would, yeah, yeah, I would love that. Is this, I would want is this that. one of those things where it's like I, I imagine '70s kids watching it in a theater and being like, "Mom, <laughs> if you love me." <laughs> so you know, uh, but uh, yeah, so 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 you know, earthquake happens and the kid almost drowns, <laughs> and and uh, uh, turns out the kid is uh, his big brother is an inventor, and uh, there and his friend is also there. Um, he's, <laughs> he's, he's like, good way to describe what that character is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also there. Yeah, his friend is also there. He's, uh, uh, I don't know, for anyone that listens to our other Patreon exclusive Common Rider pod, he's kind of the talkie. He's kind of just, yeah, the, he's, he's definitely the talkie yeah, he, of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just kind of gets into fist fights. That's like his thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know, like, this movie's kind of just slapdash and very story light. I feel oh, yeah. it, it just it just was moving and stuff like they they go back to to, to uh, their crib and uh, there's just a whole bunch of cool science stuff of like again like mm -hmm. like they're really just showing off like this kid's like living in paradise right he's 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 yeah. got a motorcycle that he just like hangs out with and does not have parents no yeah uh, but he does have his older brother yeah so, yeah and, you know and, his, and his older brother's got like a, a, a super robot that like he's he's building like. Uh -huh. Like literally, like at like seventies kid paradise. Like it's 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 this yeah. kid's living the life. Uh, I want to interject and say yeah. that I think it's pretty interesting. Like I think it might be part of the part of the reason that this is so uh, slapdash mm -hmm. is it's very quick turnaround. Yeah. Of like three weeks for sure of you know recording it as well as there might have been the marketing decision to kind of simplify the story. Uh, because this is like, oh, this is the one where we took suggestions from a kid and got his a monster that is now a robot to appear in this. Um, I, so I think it's interesting that there's only three characters yeah. <laughs> in this movie. There, there are villains uh, in like some specific Cetopians. <laughs> you know, like I assume they have names. I didn't see any of them having names, but you know, I assume that they are named. Um, but usually the Godzilla movies, even if they focus on, like, three or four, like, a small cast of characters, there's plenty of other, like, incidental or side characters to fill out the universe. This is a very, like, surreal movie. Even more so, uh, or maybe, maybe not more so than Hedera, but, like, in a different way than Hedera, where it's, like, it feels like we're in a universe that's ruled by these three guys. <laughs> Uh, these two kids and this one, or these two adults and this one kid, uh, and like that, like it's so it's such a bizarre, stark, Spartan 
film. It, well, because the, the, the basic framework of the movie, just like the simplest plot, is the Cetopians, who are this underground race of people, are mad that mm -hmm. uh, Upper Earth is doing nuclear experiments. They go, sick of that, send our beetle god up, which is a very unusual yeah. thing for an underwater <laughs> civilization to be <laughs> yes. worshipping, but, you know, so it is. The, he goes up there. For some reason, they can't control him, even though he's their god, so they, they <laughs> take over Jet Jaguar to lead him. That doesn't work. And mm -hmm. then... They go, oh, we're going to call our alien friends to give him a tag team partner <laughs> with Gigan. And they're yeah. like, oh, no, yep. Jet Jaguar needs his tag team partner. And then they go get Godzilla, and then they fight. And so you have this underground civilization sending up their god, and then they call this space like bounty hunter alien their friends to do it. And yet despite this underground, like this pinching of the earth, we only see these three, like no one else is affected but these three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's it's weird. It, it's yeah. It's like it's like reality warps around him and stuff. Like it's it's pretty wild. Uh, uh, I do have to say, uh, 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 since I know we're kind of kind of letting loose a little bit and everything, because uh, uh, there really is not much to say plot wise and stuff. <laughs> I I love um, what happens with the whole uh, thief uh, kidnapper plot line. Uh, yeah. They send some thief kidnappers, right? Like like this is the most like. Like, whenever it started, I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. All right, fine. And so, you know, uh -huh. uh, but it, it escalates in such an extreme <laughs> fashion that I was like, my, my, I was, my jaw dropped, like, like, a few yeah. different times of, like, uh, so, like, one of them, like, takes the inventor and uh, his brother and uh, they, they just stick him in, like, not even in the trunk of a, of a, of a, like, of a car or a, a truck or something like it's in it's in like a crate that's in a truck and so uh -huh. and yeah. and uh they're like flopping around in there and stuff and it reminds me of and this is i i i'm i'm so happy i get to make this reference in this podcast it reminds me of the one bit from the jackass movie the first one where oh <laughs> where 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 they 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 <laughs> stick all the guys in like in like the back of this like uh semi truck and like they're all having uh -huh. a and they set it up like a disco like like ball like like they're having like a big old dance in there and then they start driving around and they're like on roller skates like just just I don't know bumping Jesus. into each other so it's it's still it's jackass all right like but but, uh, but it reminded yeah. me of that <laughs> I was like they really just threw these guys around uh, but uh but the two truck drivers. And uh, their interaction with this with this guy with, with this this Cetopian and yeah. and and him like pulling a gun on them and then they take the gun from him instantly and just own this guy and then they throw yeah. him out of the truck and he just falls over and dies he doesn't come back he's done he's done that's a wrap he's over like like, like no more and then and then and yeah. then the other guy uh. I don't know he, he gets into he gets into like fist fights and stuff like like uh like they they come back uh, after this also this this ridiculous scene with uh like this car chase where they're like driving oh, yeah. down the like the steps of this like I didn't one know part what the fuck was going on <laughs> yeah, like, like fifty percent of it was edited I was like, what stop stop my brain is about and, to explode what's going on no and, it, and that that car chase kept escalating in it like. And I, it has to be deliberately hilarious, like, like, yeah. like comedic timing and stuff of like <laughs> fucking wacky like, racers, like, like the, speed racers. Like they're having a regular car chase. And then the guy turns 
and goes down on these like stairs and they take this very long <laughs> shot of them going down these stairs and ruining <laughs> these cars and then and yeah. then they go down this giant hill and then after that they go down this entire giant rock quarry and, <laughs> and then they jump through a building and then and then the building collapses on them and it finally ends and there's like <laughs> this biker guy just like he falls and then pulls a thing and gets paint like dumped on him and yeah. then the music goes womp womp <laughs> yeah like this <laughs> like this like 1935 yeah. cartoon and, <laughs> yeah. and then and then there's the dam scene with 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 uh uh megalon and so he goes through the dam and like there's water rushing everywhere uh the uh, the brothers are in the crate, like, about to be, like, dropped in there. And then Megalon throws it. Oh, that was... I lost my mind. I was so I, excited. I was screaming. <laughs> I yelled. And so... And, and then and then they go back and fight the original guy that's still over there. Like, like uh, uh, controlling Jet Jaguar. And, like, the dude, like, they punch his face and he starts bleeding, like, a lot. <laughs> so I was like... Yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> There's so much going on in this extended yeah. sequence. I also, I want to say, uh, even just before the, the kidnapping happens is a, mm -hmm. a thing that I, I laughed out loud at, which mm -hmm. is, so, uh, the kid and the inventor's like, hey, check this out. I made this robot. It's perfectly sentient. He can do anything. And it's yeah. like, hmm, I think I'll call him Jet Jaguar. And they're like, hey, okay. Just very lackadaisical about this, like, super robot oh, yeah. they made. Uh, but then it's like, when I was like, oh, do we care? It's like, no, no, don't worry. He has sensors. You'll, he'll never get in your way. Jet Jaguar goes to open the door. The first thing he does is ram his head, <laughs> head accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> into these kidnappers to the point but there's just enough space in there where I'm like was this done as a bit to show that he's clumsy or did you yeah. forget the thing you said 15 seconds ago oh, it's it's unclear. I don't know I, it, it it's yeah it's especially unclear with the weird production of the movie yeah. where like I would if this movie had like a a longer time in the oven Maybe I would be like, okay, that was probably yeah, an yeah. intentional joke. That's what I was going to say. If it, had, if it had longer, Jun Fukuda, like, I feel like... Because some of these feel like Jun Fukuda jokes, but 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 they feel... Like, again, they feel so slapdash and so unintentional because of how rushed it is that, uh, uh -huh. that I mean, it's really hard to tell. Because, again, that moment specifically was one where I was like, if this was tightened up a little bit by like a couple seconds, I'd be like, oh, that's a very funny joke. Don't worry. He's very thing. Wham! But I was like, don't worry. He doesn't do anything. You know, he has these sensors. Walk over to the door for 10 seconds, open it up, <laughs> bow, and then hit the guys. Like, did they... What? It's just odd, oddly timed, but that, that yeah. almost adds to yeah, the charm yeah. of it. Yeah, for sure. I, I think one thing I want to talk about yeah. uh, before we, we go on is that... How do you feel... Megalon is kind of... You know, he's overshadowed by Jet Jaguar. And I'm assuming that we all, like, generally enjoy jet jaguar yeah. uh for for numerous reasons but how do we feel about megalon because I, I feel like he he gets kind of the short shrift as far as discussing different Godzilla yeah monsters. I, I would like to step in specifically uh, to defend megalon because i've always defended megalon i feel like yeah. jet jaguar without question gets the the shine from this movie he's the thing people talk about and he's not wrong to he's a super yeah. interesting weird swing He's memorable. I get it. He's he's liked kind of ironically by some people, but I think there's also a very genuine like of just like here's the silliness. 
I think because Megalon exists in this movie, he's forced to live in Jaguar's shadow. And because this was Uh an intro movie, that's like the worst time for that to happen. So he got forgotten. But in terms of design, it's a giant beetle. That's cool. It's an insect. We don't have that. I guess the the muta are like insect-ish. But are there any other Mm -hmm. giant insects? I mean, besides Mothra. Oh, I guess, yeah, Mothra. uh, but Mothra is like not an anthropomorphized yeah, like, insect. It's like literally a gigantic yeah. moth. And he's not a beetle. Uh, and, and as as someone whose favorite Pokemon is Heracross, beetles are the coolest one. They're the coolest insect. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think specifically Hercules. And the yeah. fact that the uh, you know Megalon has like the cool coloring on on his back shell. It has the wings that can flap. Mm-hmm. It almost like cicada like noises. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the fact that it has drill arms and it digs through the ground. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Now the thing, the laser out of the, the the horn is a little weird, and it's I think mostly so that they can reuse uh, King Ghidorah shots <laughs> to use uh-huh. the same laser. <laughs> I'm not gonna defend that that much, but when he starts shooting out fireballs, like it, the balls that go out and explode, that's a cool monster attack. Like I think that's yeah, really that's a cool. cool unique monster attack. Like that that is very unique, and it's like done effectively. Unlike we complained about this uh, in our previous episode with Gigan, um, where, like, Gigan has such a cool design and potential moveset, but there's not much usage of the chainsaw on his stomach <laughs> to, like, blow down buildings or anything. It's it's so, like, lackadaisical. He's mostly just, like, kicking things. So you're like, what the... F-? You got these hooks and you got this buzzsaw in your stomach. Use those more. Uh, so Megalon, like, launching these grenades... Uh, that's awesome. I, I I am a huge defender of Megalon. I think he's a very fascinating monster, and I really like bugs in general. Uh, I, I, I'm weird like that, I guess. <laughs> Where like I think I don't think bugs are creepy at all. I, I think that they're just purely cool. Yeah. I'm like a I'm like a seven year old Japanese boy, and that they way. just I think uh, so, Megalon just needs a, like another chance to like show how cool he is because it's like look at all the tools yeah. he has. He can fly. He's armored. He can dig underground. And like the fireball things aren't like they don't look cheap. It, it looks cool. It looks legitimately yeah. cool, and that's unique. No other monster does this, and so it's like, oh, how does Godzilla deal with this? Like, he's going to keep him at a range by shooting his things, and if you get close, he can dig under. Like, there's fun stuff you can do with it. I feel like he didn't get a fair shake in this movie, so I think Megalon yeah. is actually pretty cool. He just wasn't given a proper chance, and then he was outshone in the memorability by Jet Jaguar, and so like no one thinks to bring him back for any serious sort of thing you know he, he's, he's not gonna up yeah. there with the mothra or the king Ghidorah or the rodan who are like you know the icons it's yeah people aren't looking to megalon and then when you bring it up on for better or for worse you say godzilla versus megalon people then go oh the one with jet jaguar or oh the one on mst3k and you know yeah. no one wants to give him a second <laughs> chance i i i wanted to i think megalon uh, has potential i think he's cool for sure don't forget about megalon yeah, absolutely. And I think, in general, I've said it before, but the movies, the monster stuff, I think, is excellent uh, in this movie. And, like, even though there's a lot of stock footage, it's not nearly as bad and really boring as it was in Gigan. Uh There is some slog parts in the second act yeah. of the movie. Uh, but I think once you get to the third act, once Godzilla shows up and the like the whole brawl really breaks out... It's yeah. some pretty fun and exciting battling going on. 
Uh, I'm not entirely sure if I think it was a good idea to bring Gigan into this, because, <laughs> you know, not that he's a bad thing. I think he's cool, very weird, but, you know, definitely a cool monster design. Uh, I'm just... I think I like Megalon so much that I, I kind of like the potential movie where there were two Megalons and it was about the Megalon brothers and uh, they were like these... I, I would like to see a potential movie where there was a like um, stag beetle and a Hercules beetle mm, Megalon yeah, yeah. together fighting Godzilla and Jet Jaguar other than, you know, instead of just having yeah. him be like, not only is he outshined by the hero of this movie, Jet Jaguar, but he's also outshined by a senior monster that appears in. So, like, he's just, like, backed into this corner of irrelevancy. And Gigan, he appeared in his initial movie, he appeared in this one, and then he appears way down the line in Final Wars. Megalon never appears again in any of the <laughs> that's, movies. That's rough. I think he... The way, I mean... Yeah, I... The, yeah. the way it felt to me, I don't know, I'm, uh, I'm a wrestling fan. I like pro wrestling. Yeah, and the, the way it felt, it almost felt like you could see it in the movie too. Like it was going, it's like, yeah, it's Megalon's gonna fight him, and you could almost tell that, like, I don't think Megalon's a big enough draw, and so it's like, yeah. it's like <laughs> at WrestleMania with like yep. Nathan Jones, <laughs> like, well, we want to have Nathan Jones there, but he's not good enough. Team off with the Undertaker, let, let the Undertaker yeah. ride, yeah. rub some of his thing off, <laughs> but then realize it's like, well, now Nathan Jones, it's the Undertaker's next to him, and so like they bring Guy Gang, yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah, Guy Gang's with him. It's like, well, then everyone's looking at Guy Gang because he's got chains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't fair. That, the, I, I think that that's interesting because the same thing happened with Gigan in the previous movie. So it it definitely feels like those two movies aren't necessarily even in a pair. They're just like fractured identities of one specific movie. Because yeah. if, uh, if you remember from the Gigan episode, I mentioned that there was a previous version of uh, the movie where Godzilla teamed up with a Inca god. Oh, like there was there was like an Incan god that was like a statue man that came to life and fought alongside him. And that was one of the first versions of it. And in that version, it was Godzilla, Anguirus and this god uh, versus uh, Ghidorah, Gigan and Megalon. And then that got. Sh- yeah. Then that got shipped around where Anguirus was cut. Ghidorah was cut, and then it was Godzilla and this statue idol, and then Megalon and Gigan. And, like, if you look at that, it's like, that is this exact setup if you just sub out the statue guy with the robot guy. Well, it's guy. also funny that you mentioned that with the statue guy in Inca, because this is not Incan, but when you go to the Cetopians, no. there was a bunch of Moai heads in the background. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah, there was flavor, that ancient, I guess? Just, yeah, there's the, the ancient civilization like, thing, the whole, the whole point of, you know... Uh, I I didn't realize that this was a phenomenon, but uh, playing the game La Mulana, an indie game uh, from Japan, uh, I learned by the developer that like there's a point in time in Japan where they were just like kids were really obsessed with ancient cultures, which I think is a pretty fascinating bubble to grow up uh, in. Oh, Ranger! That would eventually lead, yeah, that would lead to things like O Ranger and Kamen Rider Kuga. Uh, but in contemporary, it, it had things like, you have things like this, where you have, uh, they reference Mu, the Lost Continent, and they reference Lemuria. I like that they don't reference Atlantis, which is probably the most well-known, at least in the West. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty fascinating to see, like, oh, this is what they think of 
You know, like when they think of lost continents, they think of Mu and Lemuria instead of Atlantis and all of that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think that it's interesting that the move it feels like these two movies are like one. If they fuse together, they would make like a pretty good Godzilla movie. But on their own, they're like solid movies with ups and downs. Yeah, and they like complement each other. Yeah, yeah, with with Toho's like weird like like monetary issues at the time and stuff it, it it's kind of uh it's kind of it's it's a little sad to see uh just how like see, coming off of how hot they were in the, like the late 60s and like mm-hmm. kind of uh almost concluding with Hedora which is probably Hedora's like in the Showa era next to the original Godzilla in terms of being like the most confident like statement that these movies are making and stuff and it feels like directly following yeah. that you have these two, which are kind of the least confident feeling Godzilla movies, where they're yeah. just like, ah, you know, uh, you know, there's, you can feel that there's like hemming and hawing and stuff, especially with like, you know, with like the pro wrestling comparison, where they're kind of like sh- shifting around like the card and trying to see it, like, okay, what's the main event here? It can't be the new Beetle guy for some reason because like uh, we don't know if he's a big enough draw and stuff. Like I like him because I like he I like that uh, he does the uh, he does like little patty cake like thing with his hands uh, yeah clanking yeah. His yeah, yeah 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 i love cool. it it's, it's good <laughs> big fan of the patty cake maneuver but um yeah i don't know it's 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 a, it's a little bit disappointing but it's also like there's still really good stuff in these two and stuff like i like i love that car chase it's so good yeah the big fight at the end yeah. is something that i definitely want to talk about but even yeah. before that another thing that i think is just interesting is that these are the back-to-back movies they shared footage and they shared monsters but you see just the designs of you have Gigan, who is almost like the ultimate edgelord, Shadow the Hedgehog type yeah. Godzilla monster. <laughs> yeah, where it's yeah. Like, yeah, and he's got a razor blade in his stomach, and he's got hooks for hands, and he's got a cyclops visor. And yeah, he actually makes yeah. Godzilla bleed. Yeah, he actually yeah. bleeds blood. <laughs> and then he's standing right next to Jet Jaguar, this rainbow-colored robot that grows in yeah. size and like salutes people and that these two just exist <laughs> side by side like they're two completely different things but it's it it uh, like you were saying it just feels like they're, they're trying to figure out what they're wanting to do and they're they're building the ship as it's going yeah they're, just, they're, they're yeah. putting things on like the ship's already pulling out of the harbor just start nailing boards wherever we got them yeah absolutely where where the previous movie felt like it was compromised, but they ended up salvaging most of it, but you could still feel the missing qualities. This feels like mostly everything's missing, and then all of a sudden it, like, comes together at the end. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, this is, would have been, you know, this could have been a great movie if it just kind of had its act together the whole time. But I guess the only way I can describe this is, if you remember Nikki... Mm-hmm. We did a certain thing for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yes. No, I, I know. <laughs> Please tell us all about it. Remind us. <laughs> so for Christmas, we did, we talked about two lesser known uh, TV tokusatsu things that are tangentially related to Godzilla in some way. One is the Super Eye series Red Man, and one was the Super Eye series Green Man. We did red and green man as, you know, Christmas colors. Uh... This 
is extremely close in a lot of ways to both of those yeah, series yeah. in some interesting ways. I would say Green Man more so because Jet Jaguar's not a psychopathic killer <laughs> like Red Man. Oh god. Uh, but but you know, uh, in, but Green Man has this like weird universe where only kids exist. Yeah. There is no adults, and there's only like ten kids, and none of them have any personality, and they just exist to be attacked by a monster that shows up. That's like a goofy cartoon monster, and then they summon Green Man, and he's like this stoic god defender guy that shows up. Uh, and Green Man, I believe, would be developed either a year or two after this movie came out. Yeah. So it would be developed with the foreknowledge of everything that they're doing. I wonder if, uh, and it was by Toho, I wonder if the I- original idea for Jet Jaguar uh, that was, was the Incan god idol eventually became Green yeah. Man because he is kind of this like warrior of God that has like this ancient like Roman armor and like things like yeah, that yeah yeah uh, uh that was definitely something i was i was thinking about as well is that like like i don't know like uh, the the most obvious pull to like compare jet jaguar is like oh yeah it's ultraman and stuff but uh the more i watched him move and stuff and everything like it definitely i was like oh man there's there's green man in here he's 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 yeah, he's, he's sure. in here uh uh <laughs> and I, that was that was kind of a surprising thing to realize while watching the movie and yeah, and if you haven't seen Green Man or you haven't listened to our podcast, do it. Uh, but also, Green Man, you can find a few episodes online. One of them involves fighting Minya. So oh. I think that that's... <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's canon. He's, in the, he's canonically in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does not kill Minya, uh, which is good because that would be horrible. But uh, he does fight uh, Gyra, I believe, out of the two of the Gargantuas from War of the Gargantuas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but... Yeah, so he is, like, in there, and then uh, people might also... I know I knew this from just wiki dives as a teen, but uh, Megalon and Gigan did appear, or I think maybe Megalon and Gigan... I know that Gigan, Jet Jaguar, and Godzilla all appeared in Zone Fighter, which is a different Toho-produced TV tokusatsu in the same style as Green Man. So there's a, there's a lot of that shared... Uh, DNA going around mm. there. I think that it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Uh, but we can t- we can talk about our general. Th- we can talk about our final thoughts on the final fight now. Uh, so the fi- Alex, the final fight is so great because so yeah. <laughs> uh, I also want to say it's great. <laughs> it's great how Jaguar grows, and the explanation was yeah. he programmed himself to grow. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I say that completely. There's a lot of bullshit about Jet Jaguar throughout the the movie that is just like, okay, sure. And I gotta be honest, <laughs> that's funny. Like they, they they could, you know, they could explain it if they wanted to. They could try to do things, but honestly, it's like, I it's I think better, this way is, is is in a lot of shows. And I've uh, recently with friends, we've been watching through Xena Warrior Princess. Oh hell yeah! Highly recommend. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> But there's a lot of things that I wish modern TV would take from it, which you don't have to over-explain everything. And sometimes if you explain too much, it just makes people keep questioning. But if you yeah. if you explain so little, it's almost just like with Jet Jaguar, they're like, hey, audience, you want to see Giant ja- Jaguar fight this guy, right? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, well, then why are you arguing with us? He programmed himself to grow. 
that <laughs> we're all going to get to the place we want to go. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, let's let's get him out there for playing. sure. God, yeah. Um, every every time I saw him flying around like a fly around Megalon and stuff, I, I was just like, oh, please, please just get big. Come on, come on. I know you can. I know you got it. <laughs> so yeah. And, and then when when he goes to get Godzilla, it's so good. Like Godzilla, it's like we, we need your help. And God's just, it's. It's almost like he's going to to your the friend's house to be like we gotta we help move in the couch. It's like hey Godzilla come do this. Yeah. Godzilla's like I got it. Like with his hands, he's like don't worry, I know what's up. Gotcha. <laughs> I think it's pretty interesting because the previous movie had a scene where the monsters conversed with each other and then like we're like yeah we gotta go check on what's going on. They like spoke out yeah. loud at least in the U.S. version. Uh, I think it's weird that they didn't retain it, even like the speech bubbles. Like they had in the Japanese version of Gigan. Yeah. Uh, though I think that that was a specific flourish in that movie because it was about a mangaka. So that's why you had the, the speech bubbles. Whereas this one is definitely, definitely feels like a one shot manga or comic uh, tonally yeah. more so than the previous movie. But it doesn't have that. We do see Angerus. At the beginning of the movie, and we do see for like three seconds Rodan, which made me very happy. <laughs> uh, I kind of like them showing Monster Island and showing the other monsters, but them not contributing to the movie at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know that that might be, seem counterintuitive, but I think that it just fleshes out. It makes the universe feel more real. Like, how unrealistic would it be if, like, conveniently we need every single monster at once to do yeah. something? No. You don't need like just Godzilla yeah, can yeah, handle yeah. this. Godzilla's Godzilla's you know? busy like kind of like fixing up old antique cars and stuff, and then Jet Jaguar comes over. He's like, <laughs> "Hey, can you can, can you help me out with something?" He's like, "Oh yeah, hold on, give me a minute." And I'll... <laughs> you know? well, yeah. I, when the final fight, it's so great because so Jet Jaguar is fighting them, and again, it's the it they played it like a wrestling thing where it's like all of a yeah, sudden here's sure. Jet Jaguar, he's getting double teamed by Megalon. And got oh no what's going and then all of a sudden it's like you hear the glass break the and then the stone cold music plays and then here's Godzilla like full on marching with his arms chugging a beer yeah just goes and he gets the hot tag and just starts taking him out yeah 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 like Jet Jet Jaguar is getting all the heat on he's just like oh no and then Godzilla comes in yeah and like. And Megalon and Gigan are also like they're doing hand motions to be like, yeah, lift them up. We're gonna, we're gonna do the move. <laughs> we're gonna hit him yeah. with the Doomsday I, Device. Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. They have like tag team moves. It's great. Godzilla does the Stone Cold Stunner <laughs> on on Megalon. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all it's, awesome. it's great. I I love I love like Godzilla shows up and like whoops their ass. <laughs> yeah. like, he like kicks their ass so hard that they're like on the ground, not moving. Now it is a faint, but like it was just so funny to see their like corpses crumpled up. <laughs> I was just like Godzilla's like, all right, well my business is done. I guess I'm going home. Oh god, uh, I will say that bit with the ring of fire, super cool looking. I was like, yo, oh, yeah, nice, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. And then, and like, see, like, that's that's part yeah. of the cool thing. Like, that's Megalon. Like, Megalon's cool. Give him yeah. some... Like, the fact that he's a weird underwater god, like, that doesn't make sense. But a fire beetle that, yeah. like, rings of fire and grenades, yeah. that's cool. That's objectively cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's really awesome. I was, like, really entertained with this fight. And obviously it has 
uh, that most famous of scenes right at the end, where there's like, okay, we got, we got, mm-hmm. we got, we like Gigan fucks off, and they're like, all right, we got, we got one more thing to do with with Megalon here, <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know, and all like like the the, the rest kick, is yep. history. Yeah, yeah, the jump the kick. Yeah, he yeah. does it, drags his tail across, and then he's like, one more. <laughs> <laughs> one more, one more time. That's the best part. Is he's like, one more time. So, one was yeah, not yeah. enough. I want to beating ask. him wasn't enough. He had to humiliate him. Like yeah, 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 J- yeah. Jaguar had him almost like at a full Nelson, just holding up like yeah. ready for it. And like motion was like, "Are you ready, Godzilla?" And Godzilla's like, "I know what you want." Bam! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see. And see, the audience <laughs> cheers. Godzilla looks out to him, like holding up the finger one more time, and everyone starts cheering. Yeah. Boom! Kicks him right in the chest again. It's awesome. <laughs> Godzilla, like, flashes the peace sign and then does this, you know, amazing flying drop kick. Oh my god. I gotta ask, do you. For me, I genuinely think that's awesome. Like, I think that it's like it's goofy. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous and audacious. But like, I'm genuinely, I'm not like this is so stupid. It's not no irony no. whatsoever. I think it's just like fuck. It's yeah. fantastic. I, it's such a good way to end the movie. I would 100 agree with that. My love of it is not let's laugh at it stupid. I think it's genuinely cool and awesome. But specifically, it's yeah. cool and awesome within the tone of this movie. If if he did this uh-huh. in Shin Godzilla. <laughs> insane yeah I, you know i still might kind of like it but my feeling would be different but you know this uh, movie laid out exactly oh, man. like especially in the final fight it's just like this is big yeah. stupid tag team wrestling we're gonna have a ring of fire we're gonna have throwing grenade bombs we're gonna have people flying around and dig into it so it's like yeah him doing this long like yeah it is it is like the big finishing move that you need to see because his breath is classic that's a finisher move we get it it's always cool but this is just like these guys aren't even worthy of this i'm busting out something new for them the 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 t-rex drop kick just right in the chest (laughs) hitting them twice i think it's It's uh it's legitimately cool yeah it's worth pointing out that japan was like like japanese pro wrestling was huge at this specific point in time this is like it, probably the biggest boom they would have, and you have uh, manga like Tiger Mask, and you uh, have Kaneko Man. Uh, Kaneko yeah. Man, yeah, by the end of the 70s. Uh, so, this is definitely like borrowing a ton from pro wrestling in, in more ways than, you know, the, the obvious ways that Godzilla always kind of borrowed from pro wrestling, though I would say Tokusatsu and pro wrestling are kind of conjoined twins. Oh, totally. They're very. Uh, yeah, they are very much related to one another, very specific ways. Uh, I do want to say though that I think that the most this scene is the most famous because of the intro of Mystery Science Theater, because there is a uh, an era of MST3K has it in every single intro. You know, uh, every time I can't remember the specific part of the intro, but. I just remember watching all, all these Joel era episodes. Always have Godzilla delivering this flying kick. Uh, so, it's like it's yeah. iconic. That, that, it's the most iconic. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> ten seconds of this movie. Yeah, and I guess it's maybe twenty For seconds. Sure. They do it twice, but like. It, yeah. If 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 you had to like just put a single animated GIF for each Godzilla movie to define what it is, like that's what this one would be. That's the yeah, movie. Yeah. That's what. 
That's what we are going to use on Twitter when we post this episode. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, to, to go off your point with the Shin Godzilla thing, I think that that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting point because I would say that there there is a similarly silly moment in a previous movie, Godzilla vs. Hedera, where Godzilla, like, propels himself with the atomic breath yeah. and starts flying. Love it. And he starts flying. And, like, that happening in a Shin... Godzilla flying is like fucking horrifying. That's not like, oh, that's funny. It would be like, oh my god, <laughs> we are doomed. Yeah. Uh, we evolved again. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's like, uh, I think that that's interesting. That like you can have that like different confluence of tones. Where like, yeah, this one stupid thing in this movie wouldn't make any sense, but this one stupid thing in this more serious movie would change that stupid thing to being a ter- terrifying yeah, thing. Totally. So, and I, and that's, yeah, that's, so, you know, like what I was saying, like, that's, I think what's beautiful about uh, Godzilla movies is that it's so many things. It could be mm-hmm. action packed and it could be silly and it could be scary and it could be poignant and like really thoughtful and emotional. And it could just be big caveman stupid. And it, and yeah. it, it mixes and matches in some movies lean more into one than the other uh, yeah. but all of it is Godzilla all of it's in the Godzilla DNA and I think if you try to discount one or, or push it off you're, you're you're hurting what makes Godzilla Godzilla and I think there's a combination of things where one the mystery science theater uh, you know cemented it as sort of a, a punching bag or a joke Although I, I think they're also affectionate for it. I think sometimes people... Yeah, are, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There are some people that misunderstand it where it's like, yeah, they're play, like, they enjoy this. But I also think that, especially at the time, that when you are part of a fandom of something, especially if you're younger, uh, you can get really defensive about it. And so if yeah. something comes out that's like silly or a little cheaper, there's almost an embarrassment. It's like, how dare you do this to me? Why are you doing this? Why are you making me a joke yeah, for a this point. thing that I care a lot about? But then when time passes and you look back on it, it's like, oh, this is just one part of the last, you know, 25 years of my fandom. And, you know, maybe it is kind of fun. It is kind of fun that uh, Jet Jaguar programmed himself to grow. It is kind of fun yeah, that this thing it. got... And, you know, I, I think that's just a thing that happens when you're living in it and when you're younger, maybe not quite as comfortable and just liking the things that you like. Yeah. Where if a a product that you're disappointed with comes out or if it's like I, I think this movie was sold pretty cheap for a lot of syndication so it was aired on TV a lot yeah and so I think for a lot of people uh, and that, that would actually kind of make sense how it got an MST3K um, but I think mm-hmm. so for a lot of people it's like I'm a Godzilla fan and they're like trying to explain it to people and the only frame of reference they have is this one that's airing on TV and they're like no Godzilla's serious there's cool stuff and then you see Godzilla <laughs> flying on his tail <laughs> You know, I, I there, there's the sense of you can see where people would get that way, but I think that it's mm. it's better yeah. to just realize that it's all Godzilla. It's all part of it. It should. I want all of these flavors in the the Godzilla soup. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I would say that that extends to many different media across the board. I know some people that are, you know. Uh, well, as a adult fan of children's cartoons, <laughs> um, there's a lot of people that get very defensive and get very like uh, in their head about 
certain shows not really being for kids. Like, for example, there's a lot of people that would say that Infinity Train isn't for kids. Uh, I disagree because I think that kids can handle... I mean, I watched, like, you know, NeverEnding Story and, like, Return to Oz and other things that are, like, horrific <laughs> and scary, but it was, like, you know... you could, Kids are way smarter and more complex than adults are ever willing to give them credit for because they they have this weird chip on their shoulder of like I'm I have grown beyond being a child so therefore that is beneath me so the media that I enjoy cannot possibly also be related to that I have to make it for me this is for me now yeah I so, as, as a as a Power Rangers fan as a long term Power Rangers fan I I feel that a lot yeah. but I always you know I'm I'm very conscious of it there's you'll definitely see fans being upset like why are this uh, this should be serious and it's like i'm watching a show that has people dressed in spandex fighting rubber monsters like i know what i'm watching and i like it it's yeah it's okay for this thing to be aimed at kids and for me to like it because guess what kids like a lot of cool stuff (laughs) you know yeah kids gets to have cool robots and like saying something's for kids it should not be insulting or degrading kids get a lot of really cool stuff in it yeah 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 they 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 have you know these burgeoning imaginations and they have like they haven't been ground down by the cynicism and you know the the horrible biting realism of the world around them and all of that stuff they're they're a lot more uh straightforward and direct into the point with their love for things they just like love it in a very pure way Instead of adults having to like soliloquize about why they love things like we are doing right now with this <laughs> children's movie. Uh, that being said, I actually really enjoyed this children's yeah. movie. Uh, you know, I think I've I, I've I wasn't cold on it after watching it, but I definitely was like in the middle. And I think talking about it and laughing and you know just reminiscing about yeah, this part was great or this part was insane. Uh, I definitely it's definitely in the lower rung I would say of all the movies that we've watched but there hasn't been that many like really bad movies that we've watched there are definitely really bad movies that we have watched but uh, I would say that even if this is not quite at the top uh, and it might be the weakest movie that Jin Fukuda has done I think there's still a specific flavor of fun that's woven throughout the movie and i think that it ends in such a great way i love the the stupid song at the end i love it when godzilla movies end with a song because they're oh i always get them stuck in my head uh i like the the bullshit like ah well i guess he was only sentient for the duration (laughs) of this movie well maybe next time when we're in conflict again he'll become sentient one more time and he never would because he never appeared again yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I, I think. Sorry, go, go on. No, you go. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say. I have a very similar thing where it's like you know I, I talked about the affection. Objectively, there are problems uh, with the movie. Objectively, there are things where it gets stitched together. There are parts that are a little barren. There's parts that are a little bit boring. So it has yeah. it has problems. But the stuff that you like is that is fun is still fun enough. And to me, a truly bad movie is a movie that I'm bored through. That's the worst cinema movie yeah. can do. Yeah. And there's parts that dragged a little bit in the middle, but like when Godzilla drags his tail flying, 
I, I'm having a great time. When there's a ring of fire. <laughs> yeah, you forget about all that. Yeah. It's fun. When I see the Setopian uh, dictator with his big mustache and <laughs> Moai heads uh-huh. around him, <laughs> being like, hey, let's call our friends out in outer space to send a thing. Like, I'm not bored with that. It's Mm-mm. silly and it doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense, but I'm having a good time with it. So I, I think that it's unfair to write this movie off completely as just like, this is one of the bad ones. It has problems, but there's a lot of there's a lot of charm to it. There's a lot of uh, you know fun individual moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Nikki. All right. Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, I uh, was yeah, I, I, I wasn't really sure exactly how I felt about this one, uh, but I uh, yeah, yeah, just talking about it really soft, softened me up. Like it's just fun, and so like I. I I I, th- I think I think the action really does propel it like pretty far and stuff. And uh, honestly, right now uh, uh, I'm just thinking about how if uh, the the show of movies just didn't end with Terror of Mechagodzilla and they just kept making these this whole time and stuff, we'd probably get movies where monsters are just cutting promos against one another and just yelling at each other <laughs> like with a microphone yeah. <laughs> and stuff. Like this newscaster's like, "All right, what do you got to say, Angerus?" And he's like, "All right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I want to say." And then. <laughs> Let's <laughs> carry on and stuff. But yeah, the, 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 yeah, great time. I love talking about this. <laughs> this this one's this one's fun. All right. Well, that has been uh, our discussion of Godzilla versus Megalon. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was great to have you here, Alex. Why don't you plug some stuff that you've done in the past, you are currently doing, and maybe will be doing in the future. I mean, unfortunately, uh, you know, in terms of stuff of the past, you know, watch Infinity Train, it's on HBO Max. Uh, of course. I, you know, I like it. Unfortunately, literally everything that I've done since then is under NDA, so I can't even <laughs> discuss it. <laughs> yeah. So if you see me, you know, push it at that point, it's great. Uh, you know, there's some interesting things that we've tried. There's some things that are in the works that could potentially be, you know popping off soon but uh as of right now unfortunately just with the nature of how long it takes uh, for cartoons which is what i'm a writer and it just Mm -hmm. the the time when you're starting to write stuff versus when it gets announced versus when you're legally allowed to talk about it is actually quite a bit like you know we were working on uh, book four of infinity train when the first season was just about and like it's 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 a very long time to make this stuff yeah yeah that like I always love like doing that mental math with certain things. Like I remember, um, uh, it was with Steven Universe specifically. There was a, a thing that I put together. Like wow, there are, there are documents that they released where there's like the initial outline for the f- first episode where Paradot appears, and at that point, like her, like in at the point that the episode aired Marvel Madness uh, in production they had already like completed her character arc entirely which is like half of season 2 of uh, or all of season 2 of Steven Universe sorry I'm my brain kind of thinks about it in the in a three season way and not a five yeah. season way because it is a three season show it's not a five season show uh, but uh like i just think that 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 stuff is fascinating that like how long it takes to make these movies and how much or mo- not movies movies take way longer than tv shows <laughs> but uh the tv shows even like how long it takes and how much things can change so either way i think what we've got from infinity trade i'm extremely 
happy about. Uh, I think that it's like three very good seasons. Honestly, like even if it was just the first one, I think that was a fantastic self-contained story. Uh, and two and three and four are equally good in their own very different ways. So well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's, lo- that's lovely to hear. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Th- thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderful. You know, uh, it, it was a lot of fun, and, and you know, we I love talking with people that maybe people wouldn't expect. Like, oh yeah, this guy that works on that thing that you know, ah, he's a secret mark for Godzilla. <laughs> you know that that that's a fun thing to bring up. You know, it was fun to get Toby to come on, and like people might know that he likes anime, but they might not know that he's into Godzilla as well. So. That was just a that was a fun thing. It was similarly fun with you, Alex. So thank you very much, uh, Nikki. Yes. Tell us, uh, tell us all of your bits and bobs about the good old Patreon and all of that. Yeah. Business. So uh, Patreon.com/slash/explode when defeated. That's kind of like the umbrella title for everything we're doing here. Discuss all monsters as a show with a beginning, middle, and end. Believe it or not, like it's been going on for a while and it's going to continue to mm-hmm. go on, but. There's an end point we have in sight, yeah. and uh, we're close to the end of the first season. Yeah, half, yeah. basically, yeah. Like the first. Well, I guess you could say it's three seasons yeah. if you know we really wanted to set it up. But we have this planned, this huge epic plan <laughs> for it. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll reveal more. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so if you want to have episodes of uh, this show uh, one day early every week. With uh, without the ads from uh, our uh, beautiful uh, 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 baleful gods that that give us promotion, uh, uh, greenlit network. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy Parrish. Yo, what's up? <laughs> say pop, Papa, Papa Jeremy, putting it down <laughs> putting for it us. Down. Uh, but uh, uh, if you want to get episodes of this show one day early, and also get a uh, off-topic podcast called Shit Shooters or Me and Wyatt, we just talk about whatever games or movies or whatever we've been doing. Uh, and talking about just on that whatever week uh uh we do that bi-weekly at this point and uh you can get that all for one dollar on patreon just you can just hear us uh do that stuff and just support in your own small way yeah yeah shit. and uh for five dollars we uh offer a special uh mini series uh we just wrapped up work on a uh not so many series that went on longer than we thought or we yeah where we talked about the uh entirety of the original common writer series from 1971 that show was 98 episodes and we ended up doing a couple uh special episodes here and there so that ended up being a 13 episode series uh but now we're gonna do one on planet of the apes which is probably gonna be like shorter and more kind of just chill and fun yeah we we have we definitely are like most of the way through that at this. Oh yeah, this yeah. Like I would say probably halfway yeah, through it. Yeah. Uh, podcast of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> uh, but you know, either way, yeah. that that is a great. Yeah. You know, uh, hey, we we <laughs> that uh, check that out because Planet of the Apes is a similarly, uh, a very similar kind of series to Godzilla. Yeah. I feel like in many ways where you have that original movie that's kind of like this perfect crystal of sci-fi uh meta textual and all of that stuff like it's this social commentary and then everything else after is like weird takeoffs of that specific social commentary that go off in wild directions so yeah so absolutely uh i think that if you're into godzilla you would love 
Planet of the Apes. So please donate at the five dollar level to check out that. Yeah, and uh, we also have a joke tier at at a thousand dollars. So I don't know if you if you need to like. <laughs> launder some money or <laughs> or i don't know mm-hmm. just yeah. just offload a thousand bucks you don't need or something i don't know who i don't know. look we could use a thousand on <laughs> so and uh yeah just give us a thousand dollars for yeah no yeah reason. yeah and That's and nice. all we're gonna give you on top of that because like look you don't need that much you're rich already and so we'll, we'll just call you boss hog and so we'll just refer to you that mm-hmm. we'll, we'll credit you at the end of the ep- episodes and stuff it'll be great no one's taking up taking us up on it for some odd reason i don't know why but uh yeah we Very got, strange. we've got that we got to get more rich people to listen to the podcast <laughs> i guess no. yeah uh, but uh but yeah and uh for me uh personally you can find me at at uh, anti underscore laser on twitter uh where i'm just i don't know posting about whatever whatever i'm finding is cool or interesting or whatever uh or making some dumb joke and uh uh uh, mm-hmm. On top of that, I also have a podcast on the side. That's that's apart from all of this. I know this is a lot. is uh, uh, It's called Pod Spirit, where I talk <laughs> about music because yes. I'm in a couple bands, and uh, I talk uh, about music with my friend Hazel from the band Twinkle Park, and uh, uh, we just uh, uh, we're just doing that podcast for our label and inviting on friends and other artists to talk about music stuff and all that. So uh, just look up Pod Spirit on. Uh, uh, Spotify, and you can find that as well. And Wyatt, uh, 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 send us off here with your plugins and, uh, yes. and, and what we're watching next. Rubbing my hands together. So, you can find me at twitter.com slash wazpranger, W A Z P Ranger. Uh, I mostly just post about, I don't know, video games that are making me angry, like Rhythm Heaven or uh, <laughs> cartoon stuff or things like that. Just mostly stream of conscious stuff. Not like a... It's not a work Twitter by any means. Uh, but if you want to check out what I'm doing creatively, go on to YouTube with It's Only Magic. That's my YouTube name. I do cartoon retrospectives, uh, sort of reviews, but mostly just like weird personal treatises on like why these things affect me. I did like an hour-long video on Gurren Lagann that is like very emotional i i recently uh, at the time of recording this did videos on camp lazlo and my gym partners and monkey um and plan to do videos on chowder uh and other shows of that era that like really affected me so uh hope that you stick around and watch all that stuff because i think i'm doing a pretty good job i may be a small time channel but uh I think that this is an acorn that will blossom into a mighty oak at some point. So, I'm just, uh, I got nothing but time, baby, for that to happen, but I wish it would happen sooner. Anyway, you can look forward to the next episode of Discuss All Monsters, which will be about Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. See you there.
作ったロボットだけどジェッジャガージェッジャガーやったぜジャガーゆけゆけ平和を守るためみんなも驚く勇気を見せるゴジラとジャガーでパンチパンチパンチ泣くな僕らも頑張る